You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions. But uh, rarely any facts. Impersonation might occur. But uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. To another edition, Vegas Bad Boy of Podcasting. It is I, DJ Impact, and I got Sin City Steve here with us, and I got Rob with us one more time. My local Yo. Vegas comedian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Good. Hopefully, in a minute, we have a a surprise uh, Bad Boy member uh, pop in. But uh, you know, did he? <laughs> he hasn't yet, but his computer is still trying to get uh, fixed. So. We'll see uh, what happens when that happens. Who we won't have tonight, we won't have Simon Street, and we won't have Matt Michaels. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we the show goes on as always. Nevertheless, if you're watching us live, make sure you put all your comments into the chat box of YouTube, Facebook Live, or Twitch, and we'll try to get it in as we see fit, all right? So with that, it's time to get into some wrestling talk. And we always like to start off with our, um, I guess the way we do it now, the Too Sweet for the Week. All right, Sin City Steve, man, what highlights you got for us? All right, so Chris Statlander and Jade Cargill went out on Friday, well, technically Wednesday when it was taped, but um, on Friday uh, when it was aired, uh, they had a 10-minute main event match that was... Uh, Let's call it what it is. It was a banger on Rampage. Um, kudos to both women. Uh, yes, it's probably Jade's final match in AEW. Uh, her contract has since expired. Obviously, we're going to talk more about that in three count. Yep. Um, but Statlander hit the Friday Night Fever uh, on Jade to pick up the win. Very solid back and forth match. Um, and then Statlander followed that up with another quality match on Collision versus Britt Baker. Uh, which Statlander won as well. Um, quite frankly, Chris Statlander is my AEW MVP for this week. Mm. Um, now, if only we could get more than one women's match on a show. But anyway, uh, also, Eddie Kingston is one of the absolute best on the mic that AEW has. And he mm. proved it again this week. Uh, his promo on Collision to build for his title versus title match with Claudio at Grand Slam was fucking great. Um, he's, he's one of those guys who, that you believe that wrestling is real when you watch him. Yeah. His passion is just unmatched. Um, so yeah, too sweet yeah. for the week on that. And then last week I mentioned the outcome of the grand slam eliminator tournament being obvious with Samoa Joe winning that tournament. Of course, that's exactly what happened as he defeated Roderick strong on dynamite to earn the world title match against MJF on Wednesday at Grand Slam. Uh, the predictable outcome was the correct one. And the last 20, 20 minutes of that show, pretty fucking solid. We'll talk about it later. All right. No doubt. Rob, man, what, what, what two sweets you got for this week? If you smell 
Yes, I, I was happy as hell when they were cutting that promo with the Austin Theory, and then you know the Rock shows up. Yeah, I was so happy because he was in his element. There wasn't rust on him. He doesn't have to do a five minute set. He doesn't have to go in the ring and, and put on the gear per se. But he delivered a people's elbow. Yep, and I would give that people's elbow a B plus A minus. And that's and, and and not grading on a curve. I was happy all the way around. Usually, yeah. I get annoyed because he'll cut a promo and he'll kind of weave in and out of being Dwayne Johnson, and he'll go, "I just want to say thank you." No, no, no. He didn't do that. He stayed on point. He stayed in character for the most part, and he was even laughing kind of sarcastically. He was kind of um, kind of <laughs> ironic the way he was doing it. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, when we got to the 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 point of Chris Statlander, um. I, I love and I hate. I and very very little to hate. She. I love that she's not doing her alien gimmick, but I kind of would like that too, mm -hmm. because she doesn't have a gimmick now. She's just kind of dry. But she's putting in the work in the ring, and she's taking everyone's strongest finishers. She's taking some serious bumps. Uh, there was one time when it looked like she really did tweak her knee, and and then and then you know Baker. By the way. Uh, Britt Baker is such a professional because she's kind of cocked back. And when she went to, I think it was a clothesline she went to go do. So it was really good. Uh, she really is in the in-ring MVP. I, I'd have to, you know, say something to Sin City, Steve. Yeah. I, I, I yield 10 seconds back. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, I'll take it. Well, um, yeah, I definitely have to uh, uh, agree with you on that, Rob. I got a chance to uh, just fan boy out when The Rock showed up. And, um, man, that that just uh, – I, I, you know what? Listen, I was hoping that maybe there would be a little bit of um, some sort of a hint that maybe we we're going to move towards the bloodline. But there wasn't. I mean, no. Jimmy didn't even run into him in the back. I was pissed off. I was hoping at least that would happen. Uh, so that kind of tells me there's not, so many bloodline not, family members that they're not using that. Well, I've said this before. If you do the two women, Tamina and Nia Jax, and you say, hey, these are the women of the bloodline. Don't do it. If you have Rikishi come in there and do something, doesn't do it. Uh, there's so many people they could go to and they just. They don't do it. They don't put all the pieces together. Well, we finally got him on. King Lucky has uh, showed up. Oh, wow. He's... Yeah. King Lucky is good to see you as always. I'm going to let you just jump right into it, man. you have any highlights uh, for this week? What, the, what, what bigger highlight is there than The Rock? Okay. What bigger highlight is, is there than that? If you smile, unless you're talking about, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we won't get off track. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? But, <laughs> but the biggest highlight, bar none, is The Rock. <laughs> you know what? You're on delay, but it's still fun. It's very great to see you. And, uh, you know, with, with your... When, when you when you're talking, you're 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 showing up a little delay, but it's all right, man. I know you've been having those computer issues, so we'll make it do what it do. Let's move over though into our second segment, and that would be where's the love?
All right. Let me move over to you. I'll go to you, uh, Sin City, again. Where's the love, man? You know, I can't say it enough. The work that Big Bill is doing in AEW has gone under the radar for quite some time. You know, when he first arrived, he was part of the firm. He It, it looked like he didn't even want to be there. Um, he wasn't happy with what he was doing. That was obvious in just his body language, his mannerisms. But since he's been paired with Ricky Starks as his bodyguard, he has been money. Um, he had a very solid match with John Moxley on Dynamite for the international title in a losing effort. And then he and Starks went out and had another solid match versus Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli on collision. That time they did pick up the win. And, uh, you know, even when Starks cut a blistering promo later on in the show, Big Bill was still standing there being his imposing self. I can't say it enough. Yes, keep doing what you're doing with Big Bill. Yeah. Rob, what's your take, man? Where's the love? Uh, Scorpio Sky, why is he jobbing? Why is the first tag guy for AEW jobbing? He loses a match in collision, and we're expecting that this is going to tie into something. And then the camera just pans away from him. He was literally enhancement talent. Why is the guy who was the TBS champion jobbing? It doesn't make any sense to me. And also, it's not like the announcers sat there and said, oh, my God, score. Yeah, they cut a, They had a little package for him at the beginning, but then yeah. the package doesn't follow up with the post game. If you're going to set him up with a package, right, and then afterwards he loses and that's it, he's gone, well, why did you even bother with a package? You've got Ricky Starks coming out with, you know, with pyrotechnics, and he's right, right now real mid-level because you're not putting a belt on him. He's just... They're, they're testing the waters with them because you think about Ricky Starks, they, they, they moved him from being a face and then at a 180 overnight made him a heel and he still has energy behind him. But for the love of God, what are you doing with Scorpio Sky? He was really over as a face. Yeah, they don't know. And, and, and to that matter, it's like the same thing with uh, Apollo, Apollo Cruz. Same kind of concept. What do we do with this guy? Oh, we made him a heel one summer and we made him uh, African when he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Now what do we do with them? Oh, back to NXT with you. You're back in the minor leagues. You know, learn how to pitch uh, 99 again. You know, I, I don't understand why they can't just, hey, you've got the other half of his tag team. You've got Christopher Daniels. Put yeah. him at Christopher Daniels. You know, put, yeah. put the tag team back there because the stipulation was with Daniels' other tag team partner, not, not um, you know, not Scorpio Sky. So Scorpio Sky could go fa face turn overnight and be over. Yeah. I don't get it. King Lucky, where's the love, man? Man, you know, I, I like a lot of what he was talking about with uh, Scorpio Sky. I feel like they just got to go ahead and release him, man. They mm. don't know what to do with him. But mine is actually Ruby Soho. Mm. That one to me is, is baffling because... Um, you know, when she left WWE, from all accounts, everybody said how much of a locker room leader she was and how much they loved her and how sweet she was. And she has just not gotten a fair shake at all uh, in AAW. So, I mean, it, it's hopefully now with kind of Tony and Soraya getting like, you know, kind of into this thing. Uh, this feud a little bit deeper. Maybe, you know, she ultimately turns on one of them and feuds with one of them, hopefully. I mean, you know, but she, where is the love for Ruby Soho is my question. 
Yeah. Interesting. I will say this, and this is going to you, Rob and uh, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Um, one of the things I just put on is said, what about the, uh, the uselessness of putting the NXT women's title on Lynch? She's headline mania, and now she's back on NXT. Rob, I just got to ask you, and I'll ask Jeremy too, should we still be looking at NXT kind of the way NXT was sort of presented from the beginning? It's now kind of risen itself to more of a, a – a better status, right? Kind of up there close to, I mean, it's not a raw, it's not a SmackDown, but it's not back to its beginning. I, I Let me jump in on this. Yeah. This is the way they frame it in the commercial, almost like the real thing. I never want to have a program come out there. This is, I never liked the idea that AEW went from one to two to three shows overnight. I thought it was too much of a rush. I think they needed to solidify dynamite dynamite rates were uh, ratings were shaky at best, and then they rushed out and added two shows in a year and a half. That being said, Dynamite always treated all three shows, or excuse me, AEW treated all three shows as all of these shows are important. Whereas WWE said there's SmackDown, there's Raw, and there's this NXT thing that Triple H has got with Shawn Michaels. And uh, we're going to make it look like old school TNA. We're going to make it look like an indie show. Okay. Well, every once in a while, oh, I, I, I don't have anything to do for the New Day to do. We're going to give them the belts. Oh, uh, I need to take this title and and give it to Dominic Mysterio. All right. Well, now, if I'm on NXT, I'm pissed because this is my chance to rise up and you're giving main talent guys my belt. That's my opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, it's like, you know, 40 year old guy going, I am a, I'm a lady tomorrow and I'm going to join college basketball in the women's team and go against I'm six foot five. I'm going to go against a five foot eight girl who's 19. Which I'm joking, but that happened in Yukon, you know. <laughs> and it was like, oh, wait a minute, why are you giving the belts away? Are you right. trying to see that The Rock's kid is not good enough to get her own belt? Why why does Becky she's not gonna do it? She's not gonna elevate that title. It's a different brand. And okay. right. it just the brand to me serves no purpose. I don't connect with any of those lower wrestlers. And if you're gonna take main talent guys and throw them down there, you've taken those wrestlers and put them further down the card. Yeah. I got you, man. All right. Same thing Jeremy was saying. Uh, hey, he just says if you push to NXT with the same level of social media interaction and, and push, that would be a start. So, okay, I get it. All right. Let's move right over then over to uh, my favorite part of the show. What the f I'm sure there has to be a lot of WTFs this week. Uh because we all watched AEW, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, okay, my bad. I'm doo -doo -doo -doo. All right. Sin City Steve. <laughs> How am I not surprised? <laughs> How am I not surprised? Um, anyway, <laughs> so, so you know, I sit here and I talk. We, we all talk about, you know, AEW doing what all they've done in five years. And quite frankly, mm. they've done a lot. But unfortunately, it seems that they're destined no matter what, come rain, snow, sleet, whatever, they are destined for at least one production gaffe per show. Every, <laughs> every single fucking week. It never fails. On Collision, I shit you not, before the Keith Lee promo, we actually saw someone say, Collision, take 22 before the fucking promo. <laughs> come on, guys. What the fuck? <sighs> Elsewhere... There you go. Andrade El Idolo 
defeated Scorpio Sky in a loser-doesn't-leave-catering match. Obviously, that wasn't the real stip, but it might as well have been. Andrade gets the win with the figure eight, and then we had the Bang Bang Gang come out. As you mentioned, Rob, absolutely no thought given to Scorpio Sky whatsoever. Um, I guess that's the direction... I guess that's a direction that they're looking at going, but you know, Jay White comes out, he challenges Andrade for a match next week. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm all for having Bullet Club Gold on my TV every single week. I've said it numerous times, but getting a win over Andrade next week isn't exactly statement making for Jay White. Andrade feels like as if he's only getting a win this past week to temporarily inflate him to put over white mm-hmm. what the fuck yeah good points there uh king lucky you ready man what the wtf is going on you got listen i want to piggyback a little bit off of what he said yeah um because i saw that too with the keith lee thing and it wasn't just once it happened a, a couple of times on the show but i mean listen i I, I would like to believe they are not that Bush League. Um, I I would have to think Tony is so meticulous about things that he wouldn't let that go, right? Uh-huh. So it has to be part of something bigger. But, yeah, my WTF is Keith Lee. Like, that dude had all the potential in the world when he left WWE, uh-huh. right? He came uh, to AEW, did a few things, but he just seems like he is floundering out there. Big fish in a now not so little pond, right? Um, but just the way he dresses, the way he comes across, it's not mm-hmm. professional. Um, you remember meeting Keith Lee a few years ago at Royal Rumble Access. Yep. Dude had a suit on, the whole nine. Now he just looks like he fit in with the pack. Um, and to me, it's a larger issue uh, with AEW. Not everybody is, um, let's say, how can I say this? Uh, the maturity level to me is not there in AEW. You know, oh. but to me, I think that's what causes a lot of these issues that they have. Yeah. Like, for instance, the thing with Jungle Boy or Jack Perry, you know, looking at the camera and saying what he said, you know, even if he, even if Punk would have never choked him out or whatever yeah if i'm tony i still would have took him off a tv for pulling those like total bullshit moves um but yeah that's that's my wtf keith lee yeah give me some give me some keith lee back i mean we had the bear cat all this stuff yeah put that guy (laughs) back on track man or let him go too yeah (laughs) rob man wtf what you got that first match on Rampage was just a clusterfuck. I had no idea what they were doing. It, it was just a filler match. We've got, and I got to read this one because I had to write a note because I can't remember all of it. It was just a big glob. The Hardys and Pentel Cerro Miero and Ray Phoenix fighting Jay Lethal, the Butcher, the Blade, and Jeff Jarrett. And, and there's a bunch of run-ins. And it's, they don't know what they want to do. Like, you know what it is? This is, it seems like Rampage is, is, uh, it is basically directed by uh, who did uh, Kill Bill? I'm bl- blanking out. Quentin right? Tarantino. It's a Quentin Tarantino. That's it. Yeah. Every episode of Rampage is a Quentin Tarantino thing. <laughs> it's just you know, it's like, it's like well, what are we what are we watching here? And 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 here's the point. 
a match is supposed to have a purpose. You cannot just do a filler match. Even when WWE does a filler match, they give you a trophy at the end. They give you an Andre the Giant trophy. You're like, oh, here's a big battle royale. Here's a freaking trophy. AEW does it and he goes, okay. <laughs> what did I just watch? Well, it was a bunch of guys who were famous 15 years ago on WWE in there. <laughs> okay, all right. And then we have that botch where he goes, cut. Now, I've seen the TNA do that. Uh, except that was even worse. That was a fight sequence. So they go, all right, Ken Anderson, start fighting. And and then Anderson goes, uh, uh, and he goes, did you get it? That was on TNA about seven years ago. Um, I'm getting annoyed, though, with uh, the iron uh, the iron workhorses and the iron jobbers. Why is FTR fighting jobbers? I, I'm being sarcastic. I, I really don't know who the fuck these people are. They're not important. FTR is wasting everybody's time. There's real tag teams that they could be making and not throwing jobbers out there from some local fucking gym. Mm. Wow. Oh, the bingo holes got some jobbers. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's right, man. Y'all not holding back. I love it. All right. Let's get right into the lookout. All right, it's got to be something that you're looking forward to seeing next week, next month, next year. I don't know. Let me jump over to you. Sin City, Steve, the lookout. What you got? <laughs> All right. I am really looking out for Kanosuke Takeshita versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Dream. Holy shit, boys. Breaking news. They did a video package this week on Collision. I know it's, it's a lot to consider. They actually did a comprehensive video package chronicling the history of Omega and Ibushi and why you know it establishes motive for Takeshita uh, to target Ibushi. It's not fucking brain surgery. Um, elsewhere, Aussie Open faced FTR on October 1st, 2022 in New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, Royal Quest 2 event. Um, FTR retained their IWGP uh, World Tag Titles that was arguably one of the best tag team matches of 2022. And they're running it back one year to the day later, October 1st, 2023 at WrestleDream. Um, both teams, you meant you made mention of it earlier. They're just running through jobbers. Unfortunately, I think that's what they're going to do leading up to WrestleDream. Uh, I hope not, but that's just what I'm thinking. Um, and then add to those matches the Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. match, which is a dream match in itself. Mm -hmm. uh, you've also got Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. I mean, you've got a great card in the works for October 1st. I'm looking forward to it. King Lucky. Tell me, man, what we, what you looking forward to? Hey, there's a lot right now. If you're a wrestling fan, there's never been a better time, right? There's so much there. There's literally wrestling on every single night of the week except Thursday. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, there's that show. It's called Impact Rest. All right. I digress. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Look, uh, in all seriousness, uh, I'm, I want to see, I want to continue to see, I'm on the lookout for the rise of Ricky Stark. I want to see what they're going to continue to do with them, right? He's been such a, uh, a pivotal point or a pivotal star now on Collision. And Collision to me is by far the best AEW show. Hands down. Uh, you know, Dynamite used to be good, but then they kind of just, if they're 
if they got something booked, then the writing kind of goes out of the window for that show. But Collision is always spot on. And now we know that Daniel uh, Brian Danielson uh, is taking over that, taking over the reins on that show. <laughs> and Justice starts surprised when he moves to <laughs> That that is true, but um, you know, I, I think when you look at it, I mean, it's just it's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Um, I was never hyped on. Uh, Zach Saber Jr. I didn't know about him too much, and I'll say that to be honest and transparent. But I am yeah. looking forward to him and Brian Danielson's match, and uh, so lots of good stuff. Lastly, looking forward to the Royal Rumble that's coming in January. Yeah, let's see who's going to show up. All right, all right, Rob, what you looking out for? I was staring off into space here because there was I, I wanted to get all the names right. I'm really looking forward to next week's Impact Wrestling because it's going to be. Trinity, Jordan Grace, Awesome Khan, Gail Kane versus Deanna Peraza, Giselle so Savannah Evans, Angelina Love, and Velvet Sky. I, I can't wait for that match. It's going to be awesome. It, it's kind of it's kind of just like you know, a little campy match, whatever. Um, but that's fun. I just want to enjoy a wrestling match without having to have too much attached to it once in a while. Once in a while. I know I said earlier, it's got to be a purpose. But it's old and, and new members all at the same time. They're setting it up well. That's different than just randomly doing something with current talent and then burying half the people in the match. Mm -hmm. um, Zach Saber Jr. Uh, versus uh, Brian Danielson. Um, not as much for Zach Saber Jr. They they elevated it by saying that Brian Danielson is going to be retiring soon, and this kind of came out of left field for me. We know that he's been dealing with the concussions, and you you kind of got the feeling that there was going to be there was not going to be a title run for him. But what if there is? What if he wins this and comes out of this match with some great momentum and goes, you know what? Screw my kid. She'll, she'll turn eight, you know, so she can wait a year. Uh, I want a freaking belt because I can't imagine him doing something like the Blackpool Combat Club and, and not going all out, you know, pun intended. I, I can't imagine him doing that. And and a slightly, you know, look forward to well, what's going on with the Blackpool Combat Club. Are they faces now? Yeah, they're getting punked by randos, like you know, when freaking Claudio Castagnoli was going up for the for the bridge and he gets kicked in the stomach. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be the guy doing that. So they're doing a a, a face turn. So anytime you do a turn, someone's going to leave the group. Something is going on. One of them is going to go baby face, and then they're going to have a division soon. I'm I'm going to call that. All right, all right, all right. No one's looking forward to uh, Dragonoff and Carmelo. No, no, no. All right. I mean, I'll watch it if everyone else says it's good. <laughs> Listen, I don't, no, I, I, I don't, I don't watch NXT. Yeah, NXT is uh, it's a weird love for me because you know they got all these younger talent. And then, like you guys mentioned earlier, they're bringing back some of this, you know, more established main roster talent. Um, I NXT is jobbers are us. <laughs> yeah. I do think they're going to start to clean that show up a little bit and really get lean with, you know, the talent they have there because they've got some great names that, of people that, A, could come there, B, on, that are already there. So I think that yeah. show is bound to be flipped on his head. All right, it's time to get into uh, Best in Show. Here we go. 
Well, this one is easy. Best in show for this week is SmackDown. That's the end, and it's time for the end. Yep, there we go. See? I mean, can anyone say anything different? Oh, okay. Obviously. <laughs> I would like to hear uh, Sin City Steve's argument on why SmackDown wasn't the best in show. <laughs> ahead, I'll, I'll, glad, I'll gladly tell you why SmackDown wasn't it the best It doesn't matter! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll gladly tell you because All I didn't right. watch SmackDown. Oh, okay. Oh, anyway. Come on. So, uh, AEW on. Collision. AEW Collision. I'm actually going to agree with something you just mentioned not too long ago, Lucky. Um, it it did feel like as if they hit the reset button with this week's AEW Collision, and they've been kind of poking at it, but this week, yeah, they definitely slammed that fucking thing. Uh, they established ROH veterans, the righteous, by defeating the Hardys, which whatever that's worth these days. Um, they're trying a heel turn for your favorite faction, Lucky. You know who I'm talking about. The Dark Order. Yeah, the you Dark know. Order. The Dark Order. <laughs> Don't give me no more of them guys. Especially that so, midget. <laughs> that little person. Even, um. Even, uh, you know, they even have the Mogul Embassy putting their ROH six-man tag titles on the line next week against Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. The Hung um, Bucks. The Hung Bucks, who incidentally, if you watch BTE, you would know that the Dork Order now actually owns the copyright to Hung Bucks. Anyway, I digress. Um, I have to give a special shout-out, though, to the fucking Steiner math that was done on Dynamite. If no one mentioned it, it would be a complete travesty. MJF sitting in the back, completely, completely just reciting the Steiner math promo from TNA and made it work against Samoa Joe. It was fucking ah, chef's kiss. It was uh, yeah, good. Best, it was. best in show was collision. All right. Uh, let me go over to you then, Rob. Tell us best in show. Uh, Monday Night Raw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, Raw I was as soon as I, if you took The Rock out of SmackDown that day, it still might be the best in show that week. The matches were good for me. WWE, the matches, the pacing of the matches are really freaking slow. And sometimes they do like these two commercial breaks per match. And I'm like, dude, I don't have the patience to sit through that many commercial breaks. Oh, you want me to watch the commercials now? Hey, hey, trick. No. Here's a trick. Don't watch it live. Even start an hour behind. And no, no, then no, I, you fast forward. I don't have the patience to fast forward and watch. <laughs> what? I don't, I, do. I, I don't watch I, it live. No, I don't. I don't always watch live. My oh. thing is this. It was good when The Rock came out there and was slapping, uh, you know, Austin Theory around. He didn't look like he had a lot of ring rust. He did look a little bit older, but not that bad. You could you could almost give him a couple of month run. It's not going to be that. Um, uh, they it was just very entertaining all the way through. Uh, Grayson Waller is whatever. He's another one of those shows, not the best one that they've had, but I think he said is a little too elaborate for what they do. And the, it was ironic because you know John Cena got a way smaller pop than The Rock. And me being the kind of analytical prick that I am, I'm like, 
look at this. Everybody got a way smaller pop than The Rock, and that made me interested to watch the whole night through to see how everybody else compared against The Rock. And The Rock blew the roof off the building, and most of those people in the audience weren't even alive when he was, you know, wrestling. <laughs> I'm being honest. And he was still bigger than anybody else that night. Even Eli, uh, even, uh, Eli Drake, L.A. Knight. Uh, didn't get the as a pop as big as the rock. It, that was that was noticeable, but it was, it was a freaking entertaining night. Got you. Jeremy here says he agrees with you, Rob. The best actual match recently was MJF and Adam Cole. The match actually told a good story. That was a good standard match. Hey, let me ask you. Let me jump up to another comment I had uh, posted earlier. If I can uh, find it right quick, it could, this could be for you, King Lucky. Uh, he said this, uh, Jim said, I think the only reason why we're seeing The Rock and Cena right now is because of the writer's strike. They have open schedules with nothing being filmed. I agree it should be Cody. I'm, I'm assuming maybe Cody for winning the, uh, or at least going to Mania. Winning at Mania 40. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that, uh, uh, King Lucky? Listen, I, I think, yes, uh, the writer's strike certainly helped get those guys back into the fold. And, you know, while we don't know how long this is going to last, I say you, you know, I, they almost had the perfect storm because they were in, um, you know, Colorado and then the game was happening and all that stuff. So they had like the perfect storm, right? Yeah. But I think if you really want to do something special, like you have The Rock show up on Raw too. You know what I mean? And have The Rock have an interaction with main event Jay Uso. You know, like you don't know what they're talking about. But they kind of have this thing backstage or whatever. You know, you can set the table for so many different things. But I, I would have Rock Let show me up. Tell you this. I, I, this. My main reason why I was thinking The Rock is not going. The whole idea of us hoping we see more of The Rock involved in the bloodline. I was hoping maybe they would tease something. Even though we didn't have to get a whole lot of nothing. But even if somehow Jimmy was asking, hey, you know, it's. Is, is, is my cousin still here or whatever, and started looking for him or running and, and come to find out Rock took off. At least there was some acknowledgement, but there wasn't even acknowledged that, that between those two were even in the building, in the same building, which kind of they shows that they, they're not even... They didn't have to towards. right away. Huh? You don't have to. You don't have to right away. You know, yeah, it's a slow would, burn. What other time are you going to have than that right there if you really were going to start planting the seeds of something happening further down? How can you ignore that? I, I just think it was... Paul Heyman is the key to all of this because yeah, Paul yeah. Heyman, there's a couple of things that I noticed. First of all, and this is going to seem really obscure. You notice his hair is basically white now. He's not making himself the center of attention. He's just kind of behind the scenes. He's, he doesn't have a lot to say in the last few weeks. Also, when I say that he's a center, if he thinks that the rock is going to be important, if Dwayne Johnson's going to move a story along, or, in a, or or do something, then you're going to have Paul Heyman react. But he's not. So it tells me that they're waiting for Roman Reigns to heal up and that all they're doing is just kind of stretching the pizza dough out a little more. They're stretching the gum out a little more until Roman Reigns gets back. And then I think Paul Heyman's going to look like he did, you know, three weeks ago. He'll shellac his head. He'll come out there, big stupid grin on his face. I told you, boy. And he'll do, you know, vint, you know, you know, quintessential vintage Paul Heyman. Um, Everything is kind of happening right now to give Roman time. It's I don't think it has anything to do with the writer's strike. You know, I think it's just the fact that they overextended Roman Reigns. 
And I've said it once and I'll say it again. I'm not going to die on the hill. I'm going to fight on this hill. He should have lost WrestleMania 39. Gave Cody Rhodes the chance to do any story in nope. any direction. Nope, I disagree. Cody Rhodes had a free reign to go in any direction. Roman Reigns nope. was penned. Roman Reigns was screwed. No. Joe was screwed because they left him nowhere to go. So now you have nope. an overworked talent who has no storyline left. Let's let's say this is the Transcontinental Railroad. There's no hey, rail left. Like They're I training. said, it made no sense for Cody Rhodes to just automatically be brought in, go to Mania, and just, and just win it. On the first try, on the first try, it was, but it wasn't because they they gave him a year. Now he was injured. Fine, he had the tear. He had the pectoral tear. They they gave him a good run with Seth Rollins. They sold him to the moon. And I'm not even. It's not about Cody Rhodes winning. It's about Roman Reigns having nowhere to go, both physically and storyline wise. So what did they have to do? They had to turn inwards and go. Okay, we have nothing new for him to do. We're going to have him turn on his own family, and they did it. And yes, we watched. But it was like masturbatory. It's like, you know, it's like jerking off to like a fat, hairy girl porn. And you're like, why did I just do this? Oh, God. What was I thinking? Oh, Jesus. I, uh, yeah, I watched it. But come on. I know better than that. I know that this was a waste of fucking time. He's got a belt. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, he's the universal world heavyweight champion. Oh, wait a minute. They gave the world heavyweight part to some other guy. He's not even that anymore. What the hell are we doing? Wait a minute. Paul Heyman is still showing up with two belts on his shoulder, and Roman Reigns has got a third one. None okay. of those belts mean anything. What are we watching? What right, the fuck got, are we watching? He's disputed. He's got, incredibly disputed. I this got is stupid writing. There was you know a writer's what? strike two months ago. You know what? We're going to have to have another show where we just battle this out. I got to end this one. All right, but we got to, because we've talked about this, and you, like you said, you're going to die on that hill, and I'm going to die on mine. No, no, I'm fighting. I got a machine gun, baby. Wait, hold on. Let me just get a little, let me get a little piece of this one, too. (laughs) Listen, I love Cody, right? And I think they probably, out of maybe any free agent in at least my recent memory, they polished him up great, right? Marketed him extremely well. So going into WrestleMania and I was there, I was like, man, could he really do it? Could he could he beat Roman Reigns, right? And if you think about it, after all the dominance that Roman Reigns had, storyline-wise, you know, and I know Steve loves that, but after all the dominance that he's had, all these WrestleManias, but you couldn't have Cody come in and beat Roman Reigns on his first shot. There's no way. Thank you. The and only reason I'm no saying is because, not because of Cody, it's because you wrote Roman with nothing left to do. And the proof was in the pudding. I said, I don't give a shit about 39. I care about the Raw afterwards. And he was so freaking bored when they cut that promo in ring. He got in you know and he got out. Here's the deal. They don't need Roman to show up. And have anything to do because they're selling out arenas anyway. Monday well, night, the understand. Monday night, yeah, but they're selling out ten thousand seat arenas and fourteen thousand seat arenas. Well, they're not doing twenty, well, thirty, AEW's forty not, on, a, not, on a Monday not night. That out. I mean, come, listen, I got to end this show. There's we no need to compare. There's no need to compare to AEW, especially when you insinuate that they're lesser than WWE. You should not be comparing <laughs> WWE to AEW. And also, wait, so, wait, look, uh, one other thing. So Why go ahead, go ahead, end your strings. Show. Are they writing now that Cody Rhodes is, is is pulling strings behind the scenes that he can bring in an Uso and bring him onto another scene? So is Cody Rhodes taking up a higher mantle in the company? I don't know what they're insinuating with that. 
That's that's another thing. So if he's that important, give him the fucking belt and get it over with. You know what? Next week we're gonna start an hour early and we're just gonna we're just gonna hash this out. How about that? We're just gonna hash, hash out. out. Roman Reigns had nowhere to go. We're now gonna- he's hurt. <laughs> oh, you oh you got the belt. Guess what you're doing with it? Nothing. We built like always on it. Like always, oh dude, dude wrestles. Dude this... wrestles four times a fucking year, and that's still too frequent. That looks like it looks like Soraya's old uh, WWE belt. Get, it's did the same thing. I don't. I don't hear the complaining then. We all complained. Uh, yeah, we all. We complained, all complained. Bro. All right. And, well, who, and who represented? You're Bruce just pissed because Heyman. now it's Hello? your boy. <laughs> Paul Heyman represented him then, and now we're doing the exact same thing. Here's okay. what you do, Roman. You do absolutely nothing. <laughs> you just sit there, Roman. <laughs> and that's not a spoiler. He's got a point. Oh, my God. Listen, on our three count, we about to jump right into it in a second. We got a lot to discuss, all right? We got to get into what happened with WWE now selling off to the big wigs now. So we got, you know, some people got laid off. We got to talk about I'll draw my pencil mustache in. Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, we got to talk about Jay Cargo. We'll talk about that since he's going in on that. And um, and then... I'll drink your uh, bath water. And then PWI Top 500. Uh, you guess who got number one or number two? Better yet, number three. It's pretty something interesting about all of that. Make sure when we end this and we hop back on, that you hop back on all the comments you put on, but make sure that we uh, we get it on. It's going to be a big discussion. But thanks for hanging out with us with this wrestling talk. Until then, we'll see you. Peace out. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.